we have to create the right vibe, you know, the energy and everybody at the organization has to feel so privileged to be here. It's, it's no other way. Thanks for listening to the Purely Arsenal podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Purely Arsenal FP for all the latest Arsenal podcasts. Welcome to the sit down at the Purely Arsenal podcast. We're a little late this week. It's completely my fault, but I am joined today by Neil Shah. How are you doing, Neil? Hey, I'm good, Jack. Full of hay fever, but not too bad. And wonderful to have the fella here back again. Yes, we also got James Johnson back, back with a bang, talking about a big, big game, 2-2 draw at Anfield. How are you, James? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm all good, thank you. And um, just if I can quickly take a second just to say thank you to all of you guys, um, you know, obviously for what you said on here after the game against Bournemouth and then, um, you know, obviously being on WhatsApp and everything as well um, and everybody that, sent messages on Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. And no, I very much appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's lovely, lovely to be back with you guys. So thank you very much. No, you're a top man, mate. Definitely always thoughts with you and um, always thoughts with your family. And I know we've had like some nice messages as well, which is really sweet on the old um, purely Arsenal Twitter page and on our individual ones as well. So we appreciate all that as well. And, um, but I guess, yeah, I guess we've got to start with a game. There's, there's, it's a game James, as you've been away for a few weeks, I mean, let's go to you. Game that had everything other than a competent referee. Um, you know, and, and when you look at it, James, I mean, uh, the big talking point is, is it a point gained or two points dropped? And I think you, we can probably nullify that and say we can't really discuss that truly until the end of the season or until we know how this season ends, at least. Um, but how do you look at it in the sense of, obviously, you know, if you're away from home and you're 2-0 up, that's always going to be disappointing to not go on and win that game. But then again, it's also Anfield. We haven't won there in a decade. City lost there. Newcastle lost there. United got thumped there. It does strange things to the biggest of teams. Um, and we're certainly not immune to that, We clearly. Um, I just wonder where your thoughts lie now, 48, 72 hours beyond the game. Um, has it given you a, a, a sort of different perspective to maybe what you had initially after it? Yeah, yeah. For me, it's um, it's it's a point gained. Um, when when I've watched it back, um, I, I, um, there there is a there is a period there, especially that second half, where you know, and it, it all goes back to um, that's what, and this is why I never delete stuff because there are times where I'm like, no, you you need to remember how silly you were, James. You know, you know, when they always go to yourself, what would you say if you went, if you saw yourself when you were 18 and it's always something like, oh, don't do this. Don't be silly about that. When we signed Darren Ramsdale, Jack, <laughs> I was one of them where I went, oh, I'm not sure about this. And I've, I've left all the tweets up. They're still there. And you know what? I got this so wrong because th- th- this guy was unbelievable. If it wasn't for him, I mean, Martinelli for me, I was like, well, you're, you're a lock for man in the match, Martinelli. Changed Absolutely. it. So, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, if, if that man weren't in the sticks, we'd have lost this 4-5-2. It, it, he was unbelievable. He was absolutely unbelievable. And um, we just, yeah, it, it was, it's been a very, very long time since, especially this season, since I've watched Arsenal 
clinging on to survive. And that's how it felt. It felt like the Arsenal of the last decade or so that we are clinging on. Do you remember the one when we played Watford under Emery and it was something like they had something like 20 odd and it was Watford and we were like, how are we letting in 24 plus odd shots to Watford? Like, I can't even name three players that, you know, apart from Deeney and everyone who can shoot for Watford. But yeah, <laughs> there we are. And uh, yeah, no, in, in obviously everyone says hindsight's a wonderful thing, but yeah, no, it, it is a point gained. It is a point gained. Like you said, all the other big boys have gone there and they've dropped points. You know, we, we've got a point. So, and and to not lose to them all season is another feather, I think, in the Arsenal cap because we're so used to Liverpool, especially the last couple of years, just slapping us down. So to not actually, you know, lose to them this year is fantastic because that you know when when they were the you know when they were the lateral flow champions, they were going on about how brilliant their side is how great their side is. It's the best side. You know, they, they, they'll tell you it's the best side ever in the history of the Premier League. Well, I remember that greatest side ever in the Premier League coming to Arsenal and losing. So, to our worst ever team, according yeah. to a lot of our, you know, to us on here, that was probably one of our worst ever sides. Yep. Yeah, we, yeah, we beat them. So, I don't know. You know, they're all weirdos anyway. So, you got to, you know, you take what Liverpool fans say with a pinch of context, you know. Yeah, and they also say it was the strongest league ever when they won it. Man City lost yes. nine games that season when they won it, and yes. they're seven points lower than they, after 29 games than they were this season. So I think we sometimes need to just reflect on it. But James made some really good points. Neil, you were, you were very frustrated uh, coming on air talking about the game. Um, where do you stand on it? And what's your feeling? I had this deep feeling going into this game, and the Chelsea game midweek only sort of, clarified it for me that, that you know, this was the biggest game of Jurgen Klopp's season. Like I just I felt throughout the season he's digging at Arteta constantly. He doesn't like the fact that there's a new coach, young coach that's come in and got a team younger than his, cheaper than his, that is competing at the top of the league so quickly. He even had a little sly comment as to like where were they last season, even though he jumped from fourth to competing from the title too. So it's very similar. Lots of similarities other than the way we play. But I, I, I felt, you know, basically rotate the whole team midweek. I, I, I and that told you everything you need to know about what this game was going to mean to, to them. It was their game to really ignite their season I thought but Neil you were upset what was your thoughts how do you react to what James says what's your thinking well just from what you said there uh, bouncing off uh, Klopp's comments this is why it's I'm more frustrated that we didn't beat them because it would have been so nice to get one over him but having said that I never listened to him anyway and he used to go and carry on eating his oats in his stable with his horse teeth because I'm not interested uh, talks a load of rubbish and um, he, I think he's just upset because this is very similar to when a young Mourinho came and upset the momentum between Ferguson and Wenger. Uh, it's very similar that Arteta's come in and upset Klopp and Pep. Because Klopp's, uh, Pep's been having a few words as well, making some comments here and there. Um, maybe not as disrespectful as Klopp, because obviously Pep's a good friend of Arteta's, but it is very similar, and um, that 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 says a lot about Arteta. It says a lot about our team, which is we're we're really ruffling a few feathers here. Uh, and it's great to see that disruption between the two clubs that have dominated over the last few years. It's it's absolutely sensational. Um, I am on a seesaw. One minute I think 
Neil, get over it because actually, as you guys have just said, going to Anfield with that oppressive crowd, not many teams can win there. We're the first team to actually score any goals there this this year. So that's a great achievement. Um, so, and then of course, they pummeled us in the second half. No matter what the reason was, you know, we, we, there was that flashpoint. And just like last season where Arteta and Klopp had that spat, it ignited the crowd. A similar thing happened this game. And you feel, all right, fine. They they, they really did. We, we, were, we were hanging on. We were hanging on the second half. And we were like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, every second it was like. But, but then I look at the other side. And the other, the other side of the seesaw. And I feel we were so utterly dominant. Yeah, they had a couple of chances in the first half. But they, other than that, you guys may, may disagree. But I have not ever seen. And I, I can remember a performance like that. There have been a couple, but we were so great against them. We were so utterly, how can you say, overwhelm them, overwhelm their players. We had them on toast. And not to just even play 50% of that level in the second half, it really upset me. It really did. I'm like thinking, we had these guys. We could have finished it off. And what a wonderful result to add to a wonderful season so far and get one over on him. And then we come away thinking, Christ, we were lucky with that at the end. But, it, you know, it, this could be significant in both in two ways at the end of the season. If we win by one point, what are points to gain? If we lose by one or two, then those two points potentially dropped, cost us the title. So it's, 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 I think that's what's going through my mind. I'm, I'm kind of concerned that now it's a case of City win their game in hand. If they do beat us, we've lost control. That's the point that, that, that upsets me. But then I think, well, no, we've got the points in the bag. Maybe City might drop, drop some points and maybe we might draw or actually even beat them at the Etihad. We don't know. So I'm very much on a seesaw about this game and I can't understand why I cannot get over it. I, I need to move on and look forward to the next game. I really do. But um, having said that, um, the mentality, again, of the players, we could easily have capitulated in that second half. We could easily have got, as you said, the, the four or five goals. We could have lost four or five too, and that would have been even worse. The fact that we hung on somehow without Saliba as, as well at the back, and Ramsdale is just, as James said, I, well, that that did, I mean, there's so many saves. There was even one in the first half, I think, but, the, the 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 one where it was deflected, oh my god! I keep watching it, thinking, how the hell did he see it and get to it? How? Yeah, guys, that, unreal. That and so, the one was amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely insane. And um, and I was watching it with mum, and she was like, oh my god, he's a good goalkeeper. I went, yeah, he's he's all right, mum. He's all right. So you know, um, I'm 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 still in the middle. I want to say, look, it's a point game. I'm over it. But at the moment, my emotions, I can't, it just doesn't let me. So that's where I stand with it. Yeah, I know. It's a very difficult one. I'm, I'm the same because it, it puts the, the, the season in both teams' hands. And the, and the frustrating thing there is, you know, City certainly look like they're on their best form um, at the moment, as they always typically do towards the latter third of the season. And we're in a place of, uh, you know, um, relatively 
um, new territory in terms of, you know, the club hasn't been there for 19 years. It's all a new group of players, your youngest team in the league, youngest coach in the league, you know, all of those things. So I think all of that plays into it. And then you just end up sitting there and, and sort of, um, you know, just playing devil's advocate with yourself and thinking what's good and what's bad, looking at both sides of the coin. But you like, like you said, time will tell. And the frustration is, I mean, if you look at it objectively, you go, wow, we've, since our loss to City, I think we've won seven and drawn one or one six and drawn one and, and that's a fantastic record but the frustration is they, they, they've won all their games basically since then as well so and it's the, that's the level of the top of the league uh, um, now it's just it's created a level that is just um, there's almost no room for error almost basically and and that is the, the tough thing I mean in years gone by people have talked to me about oh in 2002 we beat Liverpool at Anfield you know to win the league or you know in 2004 and I was like yeah but you know if you look then we dropped a hell of a lot more points those seasons um, and probably thought a lot of them were pretty decent points you know you know away at some clubs and we no longer can look at it that way we can't look at it that way anymore we have to be at a standard that that that, that is has, has been newly set by this league and it's 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 a challenge it's very very difficult but I mean, James, just that Neil was talking about Ramsdale and which you touched on Martinelli. They were definitely the two standout players for us. I mean, I thought Martinelli was man of the match probably up until the last 15 minutes. And then it was like, well, you, you can't give it to anybody else. I mean, Ramsdale's pulled it out of, of the bag and it's been incredible. And like you, you boys, I mean, when, when I saw the Martinelli pass and I see it back, you know, you get frustrated. But I find it really hard to be frustrated by that when either side of that within 60 seconds we probably could have conceded two goals if it wasn't for Ramsdale and I'm like I find it very difficult to be frustrated by a yeah, relatively simple pass but from a guy that was given everything clearly for me was the best player on the pitch um, for, you know on the uh, you know out on the outfield of the pitch anyway um, and absolutely incredible and we've talked about young player of the years um, on this podcast and players of the year and how Saka definitely is a sure thing for young player of the year Martinelli's the same age as Saka He's got 14 goals, four assists. Um, uh, I, I think it's neck and neck for him. I really, I, I think it's neck and neck. I don't know what the age bracket is for the PFA Young Blood player. The under 23, under 20. I don't know what it is. But James, I mean, just touch on Martinelli's performance before we get to to Ramsdale's and a few of the big instances in the game. I thought first half specifically, he was unplayable, and it was so weird because their best player was Trent Alexander-Arnold, but he absolutely ruined him the first 45 minutes. Um, and what, what a random game, and, and, and it shows the. The differences in the two halves, really. Yeah, no, I mean, um, since the guy joined, uh, Neil especially has, you know, wax lyrical about the man, and this is this is the talent, mate. He's 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 unbelievable. He's unbelievable, and you know, it was funny because I sent the message in the WhatsApp, didn't I? Where I was like, bloody, hell, if Shaka just looks up, look at his. I said to him, he's got Heathrow runway on that right side, because for whatever reason. You know, first half it looked terrible. Second half, it's what done us in the end. But they were trying to do what we do with Zinchenko on the left, with Trent on the right. He was like sort of moving into a six slash eight role, and I was like, "Look at the gap there." I'm like, Martinelli is just he's he's in every single time because I'm like, look at the space. And when obviously this is the you know I'm leaping forward here to the second goal, but uh, it's a, it's a brilliant delivery and. It's a it's a great header from Jesus, you know. Robertson should get there, but he, he got no chance. I'm afraid it's a it's a lovely, lovely goal, and his one as well. It's it's just a, it's just us tearing them down, and on the other side, and then it you know it bobbles to him from the Van Dyke layoff, and then uh, 
he tucks it in for one nil. But the great finish that, 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 that by the it way, was, I mean, yes, it is such pace. I think it's been underrated a little bit how Martinelli gets mm. out of his feet and just plants it. Yeah, in the sorry, Carol. Yeah, but but that's the that, that's the thing I like about him as well. Because if you remember the one at Leicester away, we all think he's done for. Do you know what I mean? The the kid's brave. Like he he is he he, you know. <laughs> again, going back to the old days, I'm used to you know us having Theo Walker out there where it's like if I I could get hurt here, so I'm not going to make that shot. Whereas Martinelli's like I'm probably going to get whacked. And it's really going to hurt me. But I want this team to win. So I'm going to score the goals. Do you know what I mean? He, he could have got, you know, he, he had the he had the keeper slide in. He had the defender. I'm like, he could have got sandwiched there. Really, really done himself some damage. But that's that's what he's prepared to do for this side. He, he's all about, you know, this team. And the best... The best Arsenal teams that I've had in my lifetime, Jack, were were teams that had goals by committee. We've always talked about it. We've been too reliant. You know, we had we were too reliant on Van Persie scoring all the time. That's why we never did anything. Then it was, oh, we're too reliant on Aubameyang scoring all the time. And apart from the FA Cup, which we did win, you know, we never really c- c- committed ourselves to the, to the league and everything because we're just so reliant. If Aubameyang doesn't score, what are we going to do? Now, we've got these two young lads on either side that like you said, they're bashing in 12s and 50, you know, we keep joking about it all the time. Numbers, numbers, numbers. Well, these two, especially Martinelli at the moment as well, he's, he's on a rich vein. You know, ever since Gabby had bombed the horse said he was rubbish, he's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and Jesus so, sort of come into that central position. I mean, their link-up is is fantastic, Jesus and yeah. him, and you saw it for the second yeah. goal, didn't you? And um, he, he's got, he, he is really I mean, the, the, on form as well. Yeah, the, the 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 sad thing is, and it, it goes back to what Neil was saying a minute ago as well, is is that, my um sorry Ben White gets booked about twenty three minutes in. That sadly, Talk about that please, yeah. That sadly leaves where he likes to go for because sometimes he knows if I get caught back, I've got I've got a foul there that I can make, take that yellow, and then. But where he got it so early, that lost a lot of that play that we like to make. And I, I thought Odegaard, I didn't think he was terrible, but I think they did a ton of research about, you know, I, I think he's a, like Klopp always licks his lips about Martinelli. I think Klopp's a big Odegaard guy as well. Yeah. I think the, I think he really, really likes him. And I think he looked at him beforehand and was like, look, just as soon as he, as soon as he touches the ball, literally on him. Yeah. Did you feel the right-sided... Because um, there were times... Sorry to interrupt. Did you feel the right-sided yeah, trio right. in White, Odegaard, Saka? It, it never really clicked in this game. It never really no. was right. I thought White was relatively poor defensively. I did yes. think the yellow card had part way to play in that. And I thought mm. the refer- that was probably one of the worst refereeing decisions of the game. It wasn't like he got the big calls wrong. He got the cumulative calls wrong. And he never balanced it amongst the sides. So all the little calls that we should have got, like little fouls on Saka from Robertson's, fouls that we got against us. I mean, the Ben White one is in our attacking third and he makes the challenge. It's nowhere near our own goal. He gets the ball fully, gets the man a little bit after it, but it's actually nowhere near as bad as what Cunyate does to Xhaka in the second half. And that's not even given as a foul. That And, and that, that's where Liverpool fans came back to me after the game and they were like, well, we're upset with the ref too. And I was like, well, that's interesting. What are you upset with the ref about? Oh, we think we should add, add another penalty. 
And I went, okay, showing they thought, you know, Gabrielle on, on, on Salah, and they also looked at the Tierney one on Salah where he was pulling him, and I went, I think they're both really, really soft, but, but okay, I see where you're coming from. But my issue was the cumulative fouling, and I think that built built the pressure towards the, the crowd emotional moment as much as the Jacker moment did. Sorry, carry on, James. Yeah, no, no, no. I I, I massively agree. Uh, the, the Canate one that you talk about in the second half is exactly the same foul that Ben White makes. So it's like you said, how how is that a booking for that one, but not a yep. booking there? And and I mean, um, <laughs> I had I had their fans saying to me like, oh, but you think that our penalty wasn't a penalty, and I'm like, no, no, it is. I'm like, your penalty is, um, because I, I said to them. If the one that Arsenal got against Leeds the other week with Ailing is deemed a penalty, then that one is as well. Because I, I thought the one that we got was soft mm. the other week, but it, it, it is a penalty. Yeah, but it's soft, and I said it's the same here. Because yeah. um, I, I think it's hard to argue with like the Jesus one in the first yeah. uh, game against uh, home game yeah. against Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, very, I said to, very, I said to yeah. them, they're 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 penalties under under this current rule. You know how it is now; they are penalties. Yeah. Do I agree with it? No, not really. I I, I prefer how football was <laughs> when I was younger. <laughs> you know, the, the game sort of got to play out a bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the decision making there was was uh, was silly. It, it was silly by that ref, and he lost control of the game at times. He lost complete yeah. control of the game. Neil, if I bring you in, um, where's your the, the biggest talking point? Is how did it the game flip? And everyone's going from thinking it, it was Xhaka to saying that moment would have happened anyway, even if it wasn't the instant with Xhaka, something else. It could have been a crunching tackle would have lifted the crowd. Um, you know, the, the, some people are saying, well, it's really hard to see a direct correlation between Xhaka's moment and a, a poor defensive moment down our right side where Ben Bight gets caught out of position and a few other players do, um, leading to a goal. It just happens to happen a couple of minutes after it. Um, where, what's your take on it? I actually have some sympathy with Xhaka in this situation, and I rarely say that with disciplinary reactions from Granite Xhaka. But I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Um, it's hard not to correlate it because as soon as it happened, it, 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 things changed. You know, it was we could have gone in half time nil nil uh, two nil up, which would have maybe been a much different, a, a, a lot, a, a different complexion of the game. Yes, they might have still lifted themselves in the second half, but we would have still had that two-goal advantage. Maybe things could have been different as a result of that, but um, so it's hard not to. I don't blame... I put a tweet out, and I wasn't even blaming Jacker, but someone said, you know, it's not his fault. I said, but I'm not blaming him. I'm not blaming him because you, you guys are right. Something else could have happened to spark the same thing. The Anfield crowd, that's the way they are. That is exactly how they are. You know, it takes one small things to happen if things are not if the things are not going going their team's way for them to ignite and galvanize and become this you know almost like a monster of 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 a stadium and that is can unsettle all the best of teams in Europe we've seen it we've seen it happen um they are it is one of the most formidable uh, stadiums to go to and get anything out of so again looking back at the point it's not a bad point at the end of the day that you mean look at it like that but I, I just feel, yes, anything could have ignited it, but it's hard not to correlate that moment. Now, I'm not blaming Shaka. I personally feel, you're talking about, you know, uh, maybe I think it was before air or maybe while we're on air, 
uh, players of the season. I think he's been one of our players of the season, to be fair. Yeah, definitely up there, without, yeah. without a doubt. I mean, he's resurrected himself. Not only that, he's put seven goals in. He's just been at the heart of pretty much everything. We, we, we lord over Odegaard and Martinelli and Saka and all the others and, and some of the defence. But I think also Xhaka is, is right up there. He's, for me, he's top five easy to be one of the players of the season, for, for, for Arsenal anyway. I don't know about the rest of the league, but for Arsenal, certainly. And I, and I, and I, I, have, I have the utmost you know, respect uh, and good, good, uh, good uh, how can you say, good feelings towards the, the man, without a doubt. And I'm not going to let one incident then think, oh, yeah. So because I've heard some horrible things on Twitter, I've seen them. Oh, same old Shaqiri, let down again. Da, 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 da. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even be in this position in the yeah. in, in the season. So what are you talking about? But, you know, I think it's hindsight's an easy thing. I think, you know, Arteta hopefully would have drilled into them, especially after what happened last season with him being at the focal point. So don't give them anything. Don't get sucked in to their game plan of fighting us because we will beat them with our football. We're much better. We are a much better football inside. You just let your feet do the talking. Don't get involved or embroiled in anything. But I think at the end of the day, it's, and especially at the position we were in, we were 2-0 up. You know, if it was 2 all then and that happened, you'd think, yeah, all right, okay, can understand his frustration. So um, it's, I think, I think he just lost it just for that moment. Just for that moment. But Trent's not without fault here. He's probably he, more he, at fault, to be exactly. honest. Exactly. And this is what annoyed me. This is the point I want to make. You're listening to the commentary was so biased on Sky. It's untrue. And it's like, Jack is getting killed for it. Um, Trent's almost getting praised for it. Oh, that is really clever, you know, winding him up. That's a good thing to do, you know. You know, that, you it was know. in English, like, I tell you. Hang on a minute here. You're saying what for the same incident? You're saying two completely different things on the two players involved. Trent is at much to blame, if not more, yeah. and you are praising the lad, and that is what wound me up, Jack. And I think that is why you asked, going back to your initial question, why I feel I feel like this because I so wanted to get one over on these this team so badly, and I think yeah. I'm just letting my emotions get the better of me, thinking no, it was two points strong. Only yeah. because I wanted to beat them so bad, like everyone else. But it's little things like this. It's little things like this. No, no. Of so, so, sorry, and... can I can I just jump in here? Because yes. Neil Neil Asper is making a great point, especially in terms of how the pundits and everything saw it over here. Obviously, you know where Jack, you're getting different punditry and everything else where you are. But I cast your mind back. It was sort of just before the World Cup, and it was the Man City versus Liverpool game at Anfield. Right, if yeah, you can remember it, yeah. yeah, right. They Foden scores a goal in the build up to the goal. Harland, do you remember he has the shirt pull with Fabinho? He like rips yes. away at the shirt, and then they're like, Oh, he fouls Alisson. You know, if the VAR didn't give it for the you know, yeah, it was away a bit like our one at United way back before the goal, yes, yes, yep, yep, yep. Pep Guardiola. After that's disallowed, lost it. All the all the Liverpool fans are behind him. They chuck, they're chucking, you know, the fan or whatever at him. Give him the old, you know, the two-handed. Same and, thing. And he's going, well, he's going like that with his hands. He's like, yeah, come on then, you know, if you're going to throw stuff at me. And he's like, shush, shush to all of them. Neil, did Sky after that go? 
oh, Pep Guardiola, what a terrible manager. He's been sucked in. Yeah. Pep Guardiola. And then when they lost, when they lost, because bear in mind, Arsenal didn't lose this game, but yeah. Man City did. Did they go, that was all Guardiola there? when he yep. was doing that to the fans he got sucked in yep. by that Anfield you know oh Anfield is Kevin Keegan moment yep. we, we, we've got we've got you'll never walk alone piped in on a tannoy we've got the lights we've got Anfield we've got it's Anfield Anfield this Anfield yep. that the lights you'll never walk alone Anfield no but yet Granite Xhaka and, I, and again it just goes to the point of and we're all guilty of it I've done it they know that us as a fan base are a reactionary fan base and we will engage with them and give them the interactions they need because this has gone on for two or three days. Sky is still putting tweets up about it now. Yeah, did Granite did Granite Xhaka cost Arsenal this? Did Granite Xhaka because it's it's just a narrative that they want to you know portray and we get sucked into. Yeah. Uh, it never happened. You know when Man City did what they did out there, it was Cancelo getting spun, and they were like, "This is Cancelo's fault." Yeah, and Cancelo ended up. You know, he will. He, yeah, out of the picture. Yeah, he's loaned him out because he yeah. just couldn't trust him defensively. For for me, I don't want to blame anybody. You know, I've uh, I, we used to come on here and blame everyone, didn't we, back in the day? <laughs> but for me, I'm like, if you're going to point at somebody, I'm looking at Zinchenko. Sorry, mate, you should. You can't have your legs open like that, mate. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I'll be honest. I've watched both goals multiple times, and I don't think either fullback has done very well in this game defensively. And we really needed yeah. Ben White specifically because Zinchenko. No, we don't expect that of him. But when I watch the Zinchenko one, I think we all look at it now and go, "He shouldn't have really been on the pitch at the 87th minute. You should have subbed Tierney in at about the 70th minute because." Whilst I still think Tierney's a little bit suspect defensively, he's definitely more effective defensively than Zinchenko. But do you know what? Even with that, I look at it and I go, I'm quite, I quite admire Arteta watching that game and going, no, do you know what? I want to keep Zinchenko on because I think we're going to start to dominate the game again like we did first half. What an amazing confidence that is. Like Everyone's talking about his negativity. Oh, he went to back five. He sat there for like 85 minutes and went... Watching all of that second half and going, now nah, we're going to start dominating in a minute. Like, like, that's basically what he did. How confident must you be in your team to be watching us getting pummeled left, right, and centre and go, nah, we'll get back on it in a second. I thought it was, um, I was as frustrated as anyone, but when I looked back at it, I was like, that's amazing confidence to come from the old Rob Holding era of getting on as soon as we gone 1 0 up, like 12 months ago. Do you remember? We were like a flipping neck. It's getting earlier and earlier, this Rob Holding moment. It's the 35th minute we brought Rob Holding on. That kind of stuff. Do you know? Like, so in a way, I look at it and go, even that, I kind of like the, the arrogance, the stubbornness of Mikel Arteta, even though it cost us. And, and it, hindsight's so beautiful here because if that moment didn't happen, and and we we got away with it. You, you somehow you know look and you, you praise Arteta like you have done all season with, with, with substitutes. But in hindsight, you got definitely got a couple wrong, and we'll get to that. But I just think, yeah, I think both fullbacks didn't cover themselves in glory. I think Ben White. I mean, even after the Zinchenko nutmeg, Ben White's kind of in no man's land to to get to the Firmino header. Albeit it's hard for him to get back. But I think for the first goal, he's probably more culpable, where he's kind of found himself very square and the ball's gone in behind him and Rob Holding's suddenly at right back. But again, you know, it, it was it was a difficult uh, game to evaluate. I, I think my, my feeling on the Jacker one is it all goes back to the ref. It was a foul 
on Xhaka. And <laughs> Xhaka's annoyed because someone's gone through the back of him. And the old Xhaka, probably two foot someone, but he's just gone and sort of stuck his knee into the back of back of back of Trent's back of his leg, like a little 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 nothing really. And and Trent's lost it, you know. I mean, Xhaka could have fell to the floor there really, and Trent should be off. Um, uh, he's he's not really done a lot beyond that. The coming together with the heads is probably the worst part of it from his perspective. But but I kind of watch it. And I'm like, I my initial reaction was. Where's the free kick? Like I was off, my, or, 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 you know, before all that incident happened. So if I'm reacting like that, then I can kind of understand it. Like Ian Wright said, you can kind of understand where Jack is coming from. This isn't a moment where Jack has just gone in two-footed hot-headedness. I think there's a little bit more to it than that. And it's unfortunate, you know, the goal happens and then you look at reasons for it. But great point on the Pep one. I mean... I don't think anyone's brought that up yet. And that is a great point. And it's how the media spins things. And and we've got to be stronger than that, we? because we've not been used to this position. And and whatever happens with it, I think the least we can do at this point is stick together, and 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 you know and and back the team. They brought us this far, um. So you know, and it, we're we're gonna have rocky moments. You know, we have got Liverpool away, Newcastle away, City away, Chelsea at home. We're gonna have a rocky moments, and 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 hopefully they 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 will too. And you know, if if it's all about them having a one rocky moment against us at the Etihad, then I'll wait patiently for that as long as we do our business elsewhere. So, um, I mean, in the second half, I mean, let's get to it then. In the second half, um, Neil, what were your feelings with the substitutions? The big talking points are the lateness of the Tierney one and um, the the Kivior one, which brought us into a back five that we're used to, but not with Kivior in it and not when we brought off our, our captain necessarily. So, uh, personally, I felt that was... I kind of didn't know what we were doing at that point, and it was in a really critical point of the game. Um, and I don't know what you felt about it. I felt a bit sorry for Kivior, to be honest, uh, more than anything, but I don't know what your thoughts were on it. You know, that that reminded me of the panic, little bit of panic that's sitting against Man United at Old Trafford. Yeah. That's, it just reminded me of that. I, I was a bit... I, I'm not great with all of this. You two are much better with me with the science and the reasons why we're players fit into certain positions but when I saw that I thought what are we just just from a layman's position what are we doing and it's unbalanced the team at a critical moment we you know we have proven it ourselves this season how many last minute last last goals have we scored to secure crucial points and despite their dominance it could have got one we almost did and to make the substitutions like that, you're thinking you're unbalancing the teams. So that lessens the chance or the percentage to be able to maybe be in a position to score that last minute win. And now, don't get me wrong, like you just said yourself, Jack, hindsight's a wonderful thing. If the, if it had worked out, we'd be like applauding his substitutions, thinking, well, wow, what a genius this man is. And look, I loved what you said earlier as well about he's so brave, um, and you know, to to sit there and watch 45 minutes of absolute, oh, my God, we're hanging on here, and yet still be brave, that is the reason why we're going to win the league. I still believe we're going to win the league. I mean, I'm not letting this this say to me, oh, no, after everything we've done, oh, oh because we've dropped two points down, we're not winning anymore. I still think we're going to win it. And that's one of the reasons, because of Arteta's forthrightness, if you like, and, 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 his, and, and his courage. <laughs> 
But I, 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 I didn't get it. I, I didn't get it at all. I felt a little sorry for Trossard as well, to be honest. I think, for me, he scored how many times against Liverpool? Loads, yeah. And he's got confidence against that team. I, I was a little bit, I was a little bit put back by, he should have had more time on the pitch. But then what do you do? I mean, Jesus is excellent. Martinelli is excellent. And Saka's excellent. Yeah, Saka had an off day, didn't he? Yeah, go on, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. So maybe things could have changed a little bit there. Um, I felt Trossard lost out. I think he could have, and he did did a couple. He did one thing which I can't remember completely because I did deliberately not watch the game back. But I, uh, you know, I think it was was it was it leading to that potential goal at the end where he did like a little unbelievable flick. Yeah, which is not being talked about enough either. The flick to Martinelli. Whoa, whoa, unreal. You know, if 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 um, and I know he's not your greatest fan. uh, No, you're not greatest fan of him, but. Ozil used to do stuff like that. Yeah. And people and He'd people stand used to and watch it for half hour. And people were like, oh my God, did you see that? That's one time, one thing that he's done that's brilliant. Yeah, that would be reeled for about a year, that would. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it was great. Um, and Kirior didn't do anything wrong. Did you see his pace? I holy, know. Holy he's going to be good. He's going to be good. What the? Whoa. Did you see that? Have you seen that yeah. meme of him? Just absolutely obliterating everyone coming yeah. back, getting back. He's what? gonna be well good. Oh, yeah, I, oh. yeah. and uh, you can't blame him. You know, he's thrown into a position where things are a bit strange. Again, one of the most oppressive stadiums ever, and you, he didn't do anything wrong. But it just unbalanced the team. For me, it was an unbalanced, and it really reminded me of the old Trafford panic. Um, and again, yeah, Arteta liked that situation. We went from strength to strength. We did really well, and we come. We got to this position. He will learn again from that. Arteta is still learning as well. Let's not forget that he's still learning, and he'll soak all of this up. And he's the kind of manager that will do that. And he's the kind of human yeah. being that will do that because I think yeah. he's very Wenger-esque, guys. You know, there used to be so much talk about how Wenger used to live, breathe, eat the game, sleep the game. I think Arteta is very, very similar, um, and he'll look at all of that and think, right, next time I won't make that. Decision, same decision. I might do something a little bit differently, but I felt sorry for Kiwi because I don't think he did anything wrong. Um, but he'll be great. I think he's going to be a great player as well. And Trossard, I think, if anything, should have been on earlier. That, yeah, that's how I see it. And Tierney as well. I agree with you. As good as what Chisinchenko does in the attacking part of the game, defensively, you know, I know Tierney's had a lot of critics, but the few couple of cameos he's made this season, I think he's been excellent. And I think he might have been the right person to bring on to uh, in this game a little bit earlier. He, yeah. he, nearly scored, yeah. he, he nearly scores, Neil, when he comes on. Yeah, it was very similar oh, to the Robertson one in the first go. half, wasn't yeah. it? There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 And, uh, the, the frustration there was he probably could have just laid it inside. I think Trossard on Martinelli was right there, but yeah. you, you can't blame him. For me, much, Jack, it, it, go, it goes back to. Um, you know, we, uh, it was a quote that we said many, 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 many podcasts ago, where it's respect is an advantage that your opponent should not be entitled to. And I think when you go five at the back, they, again, we talking about, you know, their, you know, the atmosphere and how cagey it is. You're bringing on Kivy, you're in a pressure, you know, it's Premier League debut in a pressure yeah. cooker game. You go to a back five. Debut, yeah. Yeah, okay, that, that moves the defence back five or 10 yards. Liverpool smell that and go, they're scared. Keep, 
keep going, keep going. You know, for me, I looked at it and thought, just get your runners on, get Tierney on, because he'll run that. You know, Trent's coming in, like I said earlier, with the Martinelli and the Heathrow. They're leaving that gap. Get him out on the byline, whip it across, see what happens. Yeah. And then for, for me as well, I looked at it and I thought, as much as Saka, you know, all this season, arguably one of our players of the season, I thought he had an off day. I, I was thinking maybe a Reese there. Yeah. Get, get I Reece actually, I would have Just... done, I don't like Trossard on the right, but mm. every time we were trying to relieve the pressure valve, it was basically get the ball up to Jesus. So I found it odd that we were getting, because Trossard, that's one thing he doesn't do. He doesn't really drop deep and hold the ball up from against two big centre-backs. And Jesus is about as good as you can get at that. So I was like, he, he's the one that's going to release us from the pressure for a little bit. So I found it a little bit odd, understanding his recovery, of course, with Jesus, that he, he probably isn't ready for 90 minutes. But I thought this was maybe an exception moment. But then you're right. I think you make a good point on runners. I, I wondered when Odegaard come off, whether Smith-Rowe might have been the answer there because of just the legs that he's got that he can just travel. We need travellers, like you said, and 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 you know, I even thought, even though we needed runners, I sometimes thought we needed a foot on the ball. Maybe we needed Jorginho in there just to put a foot on the ball. And and everyone said, well, nah, the pace that Liverpool got, but they they were putting Henderson and Fabinho into attacking areas. They're not a huge pace or anything. They just were were, were 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 they were suffocating us, right? And but again, like you said, it's, it's hindsight. It's a wonderful thing. I think it's fair to say a few of the subs, but the timing of them were wrong, and the personnel felt a little bit wrong. Certainly. The timing of the of the left back one felt wrong, and the Kibial one, he dropped into basically the central position of of the centre back three, I think. So then it threw everything because Rob Holding's usually Rob Holding's usually your sub there, and I personally think my my biggest feeling of it was if Tommy Asu was fit, he would have been the first sub and he would have been the earlier sub. He would have come on at sixty minute for Zinchenko and he would have locked it down and. I don't think, for whatever reason, and whether we agree with it or not, I don't think he believes Tierney can truly do that like a Tommy Asu can. Well, he did it in the first game against Liverpool, didn't he? Just to give some perspective, we've scored 11 and conceded four in the last 15 minutes of games this season. Man City have scored seven and conceded eight in the last 15 minutes of games this season. So again, the reason it feels so bad is we don't do it very often. We don't concede very often late on. We're, we're the lowest in the league other than Newcastle, who conceded three in the last 15. So it just, you know, and I well, did, you know, I thought about that. But, but look, at the, look at that stat where we, we score first. We haven't lost a game at all when we've scored first. And this was the third draw. I think we won all of them and only drawn two. And now this was the third time we drew. So look at that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's definitely a lot of positives to take from from it. Um, I think we got we got to talk a little bit more on 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 Ramsdale. Um, I, I think I mean, I think James touched on him a little bit, but Neil, I mean, Ramsdale. I, I, it's funny because again, I, I'm in another group with, with Liverpool fans, and they're, they're, you know they're, they're biased a bit like we are, but they're relatively objective at times, and they 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 always say the most overhyped player for us is Ramsdale. And I, I was like. Do not get that. I don't think he's overhyped at all. Firstly, he's like third choice goalkeeper for England behind two goalkeepers that are nowhere near his level. He's the last English player that's overhyped. And my big issue or joke with them is Trent. And it was funny because the second half was really about those two players in a way. And uh, it was quite interesting. But, but you no, know, I, th- I think he's at a level now, Ramsdale, where at 24, he's, he, 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 he's really looking like a, a goalkeeper that could 
could hit real big heights going into his peak years of 27, 28, 29 as a goalkeeper, maybe even older. Um, but this game was a standout game for, for him. We don't want to rely on our goalkeeper this much, but when that mm. ball went across from Nunes, I almost look, looked at went bad head in hands moment. I almost didn't look at it because I was like, I don't see how this doesn't go in. It was very seaman against Pesky Salido in the Sheffield United FA Cup kind of moment where you're like, I don't really see how anyone's stopping it kind of thing. I don't know why he didn't head it, but still, all credit to Ramsdale, Neil. Amazing performance, wasn't it? He's just brave. He took about Arteta's courage. What courage has this lad got? And you know what? Good goalkeepers are defining moments like that can define an entire season. It really can, because if your defence is having an off day, or even if your defence is great, but the other team is just too good for that moment, and they get past it, and they manage to pull something off, which is like, well, like, you've got to put your hands up. That was a great, great movement there. And then you've got then someone at the back past the defence who can still stop it, an attack like that or do something spectacular. The amount of confidence and reassurance that gives the rest of the team and even going on to future games is huge. We cannot underestimate what he does, the effect it's having on everything else. Um, and so always said it, we always talk about great goals, great movement, great, you know, team goals, whatever, however you want to describe them. And then you get the, the points and we talk about the goal scorers and the assists. You think, wow, look at that. How amazing. Some, we, I still feel we don't give enough credit to what goes on on the other side of the park. And it can be just as important, sometimes if not more important. You know, he has saved us, uh, you know, the, the, getting, you know, he saved us a point, essentially. And that could be a game changer. We don't know. We, you know, time will tell. But it's just his attitude. He's so brave. I mean, James, you were saying earlier about Martinelli, you know, he could be cut to pieces and whatnot. He, Ramsdale in the same, especially, you know, the, 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 the other same ways, you're thinking it's a goal and it's, it's just, you know, he's just smothered it. But he could have got his, a, a foot in the face. He could have got injured from doing that. But he's thinking about the team. He's thinking about the team. He's not thinking about himself. He made a wonderful point at Walcott. How many times have we saw that, that he didn't go in for that shot where he could have scored because he's worried about his face getting cut? I remember it now when you said it. He did used to do that a lot. And that's the difference between that side and what we've got now. They're all brave. They're all willing to put themselves out or take one for the team. And Rams, I see that in abundance with Ramsdale. And I, I, I was the one that, you know, when we signed him and, and, you know, you look at his past record and they all kept going on about, well, he got two teams relegated. And we, of course, he, how can he got two teams relegated? The whole team got relegated, for goodness sake. Can't blame him, but it's just more, as you said, James, about narrative against Arsenal. Let's just find something to add to, to to the numbers of rubbish that, you know, rubbish talk or narrative that we've got about the team or negative narrative we've got. And let's add it. I think it's just more of that. And I, I thought, look, let's give the guy a chance. We haven't seen him play for us. And let's give him a chance. And he's just been absolutely outstanding. Yeah, there's times where he's made a couple of mistakes and, and that's this, a little bit of rawness there. But for a goalkeeper, he's so young. I don't care if he's not getting into the England side. I know that's not one of the, a lot of oh, people listening. Away, yeah, yeah. I, you know, people listening may may think what you're talking about. You know, end of the day, it's England. Yeah, fine. But I'd rather him be focused on our club. I'm sorry. I as as much as I want England to do well in, in internationals and major competitions, 
for me, what, when I watch football, I'm watching Arsenal on a week-in, week-out basis. It is my life. And I always want our players to be doing it for the club more than their respective countries. And, and, I'm, and I'm sorry, if Pickford's going to get in front of him, even if it's the wrong decision, I don't care. And I, I don't care if he's out of the limelight. I want him to focus on our club. And I just think he's a magnificent player. And he's going to go on for years. You're talking about late 20s, Il Pete. He could go on to 32, 33. He could be with us another seven or eight seasons. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Massive. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, and, well, and, uh, you know, there's been times where people have questioned him a lot, but I think he's really... Start, he's really coming into a, a, another level at this moment, and it could be at a critical time. We really might need him. You know, we really, really could. So, yeah, sorry, it's, it's, it's no, it's very reminiscent to me of. Do you remember the Leicester season when it was like their crunch, and they kept, you know, a bit like how after when we lost to City, everyone was like, "Oh, that's it now." And like you said, we've gone eight unbeaten since then. Um, I, I remember in their running towards the end, Schmeichel. Just you know, it was like he he became you you know he 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 got to levels that like yeah, on par with his dad. It was just unbelievable. It was like he's saving ev. This guy's saving everything. And um, Ramsdale, yeah, he just transformed, didn't he? That second half. I mean, I mean the the Salah ones, the pick of the bunch for me. That's just what a yeah. But what there, a there, there's other ones in there, isn't there? There's the Nunes one, which he gets down really low to. There's 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 other good saves in there that that, that don't don't even get talked about. But you're right. I think the Salah one is one of those ones where it reminded me of Solskjaer against Lehman. and you can always tell by how good a save it is by how the player reacts when it doesn't go in. And what you see from Liverpool players is just, you know, hands on head. And that was the same where I think Solskjaer famously kind of went, how does he save that um, for Layman's one? And it was one of those where you're just waiting for the net to ripple and a hand pops out of nowhere. And, and plus the, the, the deflection added to it, making it even more difficult in a way. And I think I didn't hear it, but uh, Roy Keane was supposedly praising Ramsdale and, and even the commentator was like, well, he rarely praises anybody, then certainly not goalkeepers. So um, I think that says a, says a lot for what a performance it was. And we've it's not like we've not seen performances like this from Ramsdale before or Leicester away last season, you know, or was that this season? I can't even remember anymore. I think it was last season. And, and um, you know, so we, we, we've seen those performances um, before and yeah, he, he was just fantastic. And, and it was a really difficult half, it was. But when you watch that last 10 minutes again, sometimes you look at it and go, well, now I know what the score is anyway. It was 2-2 anyway. I'm kind of thankful those last 10 minutes happened because it makes maybe makes the players look at it and go, wow, I'm not as disappointed. Now I'm just sort of so thankful we held on to something. And the XG, which we talk about a little bit, it was 3.9 to 1.5. That's non-penalty XG. You know, We've not conceded that kind of XG this season ever. It's not even existed against us, you know. So when you look at that, you, you probably look at it, even though a lot of their chances accumulated into the last sort of, 10 minutes and there's big question marks about what the subs and how that had an effect on it. They also made subs too. They brought Thiago and Nunes on, who were probably two players that probably would have started for them, you know, on another day. And and they probably had, a, they, from their perspective, they're probably looking at it and go, wow, look at those changes and what effect they had on us, you know. So I think you've got to look at the other side of the coin. I think when I come out of it, I'm like, yeah, okay. I was disappointed, you know. I was disappointed after the game, definitely. I think we all were. None of us went, oh, yeah, you know, good, got a point. But but when you look at it in perspective and you watch back some of the moments, you're like, okay, all right, let's move on to the next one. And what the hope is, is the team collectively 
can respond just like they've responded to, to setbacks this season. We need that. We need the response that we had to City loss again, because if we get that response again, it's ours. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what we need. Yeah, that's great. I think that's it. Spot on, Jack. I think the only difference is we responded when we lost to Man U. We responded when we lost to City. We've got to treat this as a loss and respond the same. What is there? Eight games left. If we win seven and draw one, the title's ours. It's yeah, as simple as that. Exactly. And I think, I, th- I, th- I think, the, I mean, last season, ironically, when we had that run in, I was thinking Newcastle was probably the hardest game. I actually think this time, although Newcastle is going to be really tough, obviously, I think the Man City game is going to be the hardest. So I would, if, if there is going to be a draw somewhere, I'd obviously love to win all eight, but if there's going to be a draw somewhere, let that be at the City one because then it's status quo. But we've just got to, as you said, it's so competitive now. We can't, a draw is like a loss because they are so good. You remember what they were doing to Liverpool? They were always playing after Liverpool and they were having yeah. to play catch up. And you'd think, they're going to fall, they're going to fall, they're going to fall. They didn't. Every, whatever Liverpool did and they kept on winning, City answered with a win. So we've got to remember that. We have to bear that in mind. And now looking at their result yesterday, you're thinking, maybe you feel still for you to, uh, today, Jack, that, all right, they're going to have all this overloaded games with the FA Cup and the Champions League. They've just dismantled Bayern Munich 3-0. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, uh, maybe we can't rely on the fact that they win other competitions. We've just yeah. got to do our thing and we've got to keep on winning. Um, and let's just come straight straight into the West Ham game. Let's do the number on them. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one. They have a midweek game in the Conference League. I think it's away. Um, in Belgium, maybe. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know how how strong they'll go for that. They're fighting for their lives um, as well, you know, in in the bottom half of the table. So they're probably, oh, I, mean, I presume, they're prioritising the Premier League. But they still have to go. They still have to travel. It's, you know, we know what it's like. We we played mixed teams in the Europa League, and we know how challenging it can be to come back. So hopefully, we we prepare well all week and and, and we focus on it. I don't think the team's going to change much. Um, but what, I mean, from a neutral perspective, absolutely what a game it looked like it was. Um, when you when you look at it, I think after a few days, I was like, that must have been a really good game for a neutral to watch. Frustrating for us. We can't forget how good we were in the first 40 minutes, though. I think we were fantastic in the first 40 minutes. The moment where Zinchenko shoots from outside the box and it just hits past the post. I remember sitting there thinking, God, we're good. We're really good. Do you know what I mean? And, and for whatever reason, that altered and changed and the environment and da-da-da, it does it to the Real Madrid of this world. We've seen Real Madrid get pummeled 4-0 at Anfield in the past. We've seen stuff, and we didn't, and we hung on in there. And I do think it's really, really important to go back to this was Liverpool's biggest game of the season for the moment. And I, I genuinely believe that. I think this was Liverpool's biggest game of the season. If you watch the three games in the week at Man City, they put up nothing. They were shocking. They didn't even bother after the second half, really. Um, against Chelsea, they rotated hold of their team. It was all focused upon, let's get back to Anfield and let's have a moment to sort of reignite our season. And I think, even though the Xhaka moment, I think that moment where they try to ignite the crowd, did you see how many times their players ran up to the crowd in the second half just trying to get a lift out of them, a rise out of them? And I was like, they're, they're, they're trying to do everything because they're struggling here. 
they're struggling and 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 they're having a really tough season and and you know they're, they're saying oh you know we're, we're terrible this that and the other their team hasn't changed largely from last season it's very similar so you know the, you can't have it both ways you can't have the best right winger and the best goalkeeper and the best centre back in the, in the world and then suddenly say your team's rubbish your team hasn't changed that much they've had some bad moments but they always raise it against the big teams and they always raise it against us we know that we, we know that Anfield against us is historic game not just for us, for them. 89, there's so many things, right? And look at the... the Jack, what, what I don't understand is stuff. that the whole, the whole week they've gone like, yeah, you, you, you're not a rival to us. Man City are our rivals. I'm like, then why do you want them to win the league? Yeah. Oh, They're like, oh, could, oh because, because, we just, because you lot are insufferable. I'm like, well, coming from you lot? Coming from you lot? Like, bloody hell, you know, they were grabbing their sisters when they got a draw. I'm like, calm it down. You know what I mean? No, exactly right, and I think they, they they don't want it because it 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 basically removes a lot of what they their beliefs yeah, it's, were. It's a hundred percent, hundred percent, mate. Yeah, they, 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 they've they've started this narrative again, as well as with the British media, that their rivalry between Klopp and Guardiola because of the you know the, the, they've got the the ninety odd points and the Centurions and this that and the other that it's better because of the points that was done. And I'm like, no, you. And again, okay, Liverpool, rightfully so. What they've spent, the majority of it, they've redeemed from very, very good player sales. But struggling now, though, aren't they? Well, exactly. But I'm like, you, you've just outspent the rest of the league. The league, the, like you said earlier, the league has gotten weaker. Has gotten weaker. This year is quite strong. You got your Newcastle in there that spent, you know, got money yeah. now. You got you United. Got United. Spent a fortune. Well, United have actually got a manager instead of a ex-player that was a PE teacher, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. do you know what I mean? I'll yeah, no, it. exactly, exactly, exactly right, and and the seasons, they, 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 that, that is their argument a lot, a lot of the time, I yeah. wasn't like, they're not like the City, I was like, I think on paper this City team is, is probably better, you know, they, they, they've got Harland in it, they've got, and, and, and the frustrating thing really from our perspective is City have had the fewest injuries in the league other than one team. And uh, when you look at that, 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 that is quite frustrating. And when Liverpool won the league, um, they they played their whole front three for almost every game. They started almost every game. We've lost Jesus for three and a half months. We've lost Saliba for, for over a month now. We lost Party for seven to eight games. Um, so our injuries, um, while not cumulatively looking like a lot, the, the, the quality level of them and the first team level of them have been pretty significant and at pretty significant moments, right? I mean, we played City at home without Jesus and Party. I mean, that, that, that's pretty significant. If, if, if that's the equivalent of City not playing Rodri and Harland against us when we go to the Etihad. They, 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 they look like robots. They just don't look like they get, they get hurt. Is, isn't it something anyway. like 20 league games since we've played the actual first preferred eleven? So, Which you know, has like never how lost a game, yeah, by the way. How yeah. everybody, how, how it is, you know, the Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko. Yeah, 20, 20 games since they've had, you know, they've yeah. all been in together. So, what's, what's your, as we move off the game a little bit. Oh, I had one trivia question. Let me quickly get it to you. The last <laughs> time we drew 2-2 with Liverpool at Anfield, I was there. I sat in the cop. So, obviously watching this game it brought back memories. So, the lot, and they also scored a very late equaliser through Martin Skirtle. It was the moment that Per Mertesacker ducked and everyone went, what's he ducking for? I don't know if you remember that. 2014. Um, we drew 2-2. I'm not going to ask you anything about the goal scorers. I want to know, what was the significance of that game? There was something that happened in that game where it changed what we did 
for the rest of the season and for the next season. Does anyone know what the significance was of that game? 2-2 draw at Anfield. It's to do with a particular player. Give you a little hint there. Is that when we played Oxlade Chamberlain and then we mm. sold him like a few days after? Or is that no, two? that was a home game. We lost 4-0 to oh, Liverpool. Right. And, yeah, and no. uh, it was early, early in the season. This one wasn't. It was in the, I don't know what month it was in, but I want to say it was the second half of the season. This one, it was. I just remember sitting there because it was a horrible game because I, I couldn't move and it was in the cup and obviously we scored twice. Twenty fourteen. I, I remember you talking to me about that, Jack. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. I went with Ali. It was horrible. And I, yeah. I, it was hot, I was, couldn't do anything. And they scored last second. I just stood there as well. You know, it was. It was. Um, it was horrible. Oh, no. I, can't, I don't know. Is it some? Is it some? Is it something to do with Chesney? No, it was the moment that we had a little bit of an injury crisis. And we recalled Francis Coquelin. Uh, and he came on as a sub for the last 20 minutes-ish. I have to check the exact moment. And that was the moment. And I remember sitting there, standing next to the Liverpool fans going, he's going to play a lot more. And he was brilliant when he came on in the second half. And from then on, he started basically and every, every City game. 2-1. And it might, oh, it might be after that. Yes, it might be after that. And that was that was it. And and that was the significance of that moment. It was the Francis Coquelin recall moment. I think was he on loan at QPR or something like some Charlton. I think Charlton. Sorry, and um, yeah. and uh, we recalled him, and he came yeah. in that game. It was it was Southampton when Chesney got caught smoking, weren't it? That was it. I'm getting there so confused. Go. Oh there my god, I forgot go. about that. And then we, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's when we booted him out, weren't it? After he yeah. was smoking in the showers at Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> we do mental, mental. Oh no, I'm just having, I'm just having a hot one, boss. I'm just having a hot one. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Crazy to think oh. that actually happened, isn't it? Yeah. Um, mental. mental, mental. When you look back at some stuff, but um, oh, let's do, talk about two players, Saliba. What's your thoughts there? I know Neil doesn't uh, like to speculate too much on on the injury stuff, but James, what's your Thoughts on? I feel I said before we started. I feel now no news is is not necessarily good news like it was in the international break. I feel now I want some clarification from the club, and the less we get it, the more I look at it pessimistically. Uh, Jack, Jack, I trust you more than anybody. You're <laughs> you're, you're better at diagnosing these things and knowing these things than me. Um, you know, I don't one. look. I don't look after my own body, mate. So I can't really make any comments about somebody else's. Um, no, it, if you're going to press me, I, part of me is like I don't. I don't feel good at the moment. But there, there we go. I mean, um, again, a lot of people online are saying you can't risk throwing him in straight. You know, with no game at the Etihad. So I'm like, okay, seems that he's going to miss Sunday, next yeah. Friday, Southampton. If he can get Friday, yeah. Sorry, it's Friday. Okay. If you can give him sixty minutes, great. Or if you can bring him on, you know, for half hour. You know, if you could bring him on after an hour for whoever, and let him have thirty minutes before the city one, great. But I don't know. For me, if he's not back by Southampton, I'm like, I'm panicking there. I'm panicking. I don't think he's coming back if he's not back for Southampton because then you've got a really Big level of, yeah, of games, yeah. But but then again, I'm not sure. So maybe know, he does. Maybe he does. I've I've backed everybody else when we had injuries throughout the year, and they've all delivered. So yeah, you know, I I I feel holding gets 
a bit of unnecessary stick just because he's not Salih. Do you know what I mean? It's not his fault he's not that footballer. And then no, it's not. You, you know he's not going to put two lefties together. So who who else? You know, that's what I always tell The Tommy Asu one hits us hard again. But Yeah, yeah. yeah but I'm gonna, right. I ask people, who are you going to play then? No, it has to be Rob Holding at this point. Well, there you go. Yeah, Tommy exactly. Asu could throw up a lot of options. You, do you switch Ben White there? Do you put Tommy Asu there? You know, there's, but we, he can't do anything but that. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, it's just it's so frustrating you know, with the Saliba one because of the Tommy Asu one. It's the cumulative effect that really upsets me, to be honest. Both in that blooming same game as well, wasn't it? Yeah, first 20 minutes, stupid. Stupid, absolutely. So I was livid. I was at that game and I was livid. I wanted to go home. I yeah, to it's go almost home. like the game result didn't matter. Yeah, I was like, I want to go home. We're going to lose every player for this stupid game, for this stupid cup. I was fuming. All right, and I always, and I have total respect for all cups. I always want to win the League Cup. I want to win the quad. You know this. But that particular moment and that game, I wanted to go home. I was so, I'm going to swear, I was so pissed off because I thought we've just lost two of our key defenders, two key defenders. In one stupid game in 20 minutes. It's fuming. Absolutely fuming. Um, yeah. I am worried uh, a, a, a tad because Saliba's been an, an absolute monster. Uh, he's been the perfect fall for Gabriel. Their relationships together has been phenomenal. Um, and, you know, and if, and, and if nothing else, he deserves to be there at the end. He deserves it. He deserves to be playing. You know, he deserves to be on the, the day when we we seal the points to win the title. He deserves it. Um, I'm thinking J- uh, James, he'll be there for us next Friday. Will, right. That's when he's in return. I hope so. I bloody hope so. <laughs> we're going yeah. we're, we're to be, we're gonna be at the ground and we're going to look at the team and think, yes, he's there. <laughs> what, was all that about? what was all that about with the old... Uh... It was obviously just mind games, but Arteta before the Liverpool game saying, oh, we really hope yeah, we get that's somewhere. And I know Eddie's come back now, but it wasn't about Eddie, was it? Unless so it was it, double bluff. Unless it was double I bluff. I think it was double bluff then. I mean, yeah. I mean it can't have been about Yeah, no, 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 no. I wish it was about. But I, It's so hard to, you know, I, I know more than anyone else about back injuries. It's so difficult to put any time scale on it. But let's hope, let's hope this doesn't just uh, be one of those where now we're not going to see him for about 10 months. Let's yeah. just hope that he'll be back in two in, in less than two weeks. It's yeah. it's so difficult to speculate, Jack. You just don't know. No, you don't. Um, you don't. And people uh, are trying to do that online without any real confirmed information. So they're saying everything from he was advised surgery, he's been turned down. I'm like, I don't think with no one really actually defining what the injury is beyond back injury, I find it really difficult to know. You know, people got me the surgery date set up. I'm like, yeah, okay, we we need to have a bit more clarification on what the injury is because it looked pretty innocuous. Though back injuries can be tricky, but surgery is very rarely ever the first option. Even for serious stuff, as you know, Neil, with like herniated disc, I mean, very rarely. I mean, I deal with back injuries every day in my job. It, very rarely it, is it the first it, go-to. It's the last option. It's Jack, the last it's option. It's so risky. I remember with mine, you, you know, the guy when I went for my consultation, um, and he just said, "I, you know, there there is an option, but I don't want to look at it because it's such a risky operation. The number of nerves." We've got to put if we've got to put bolts into your spine, you know, we get one slight thing wrong, you could be paralyzed for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's it's yeah. not it's not it's very it's only if you're in such a bad way that you can no longer function in life, and that's been going on for a long, long time, that it's considered. 
Yeah. So surgery is not going to be happening. It's rubbish. Yeah, I find it. I mean, there's so many different injuries that it could be, but a lot of them, I, I mean, there were a lot of the ones that are back, and I'm trying to think, which one would the surgery like that that quickly have gone to? I, I'm struggling with it. But again, they, they, I would like a little more clarification from the club. Our hope is that, you know, if you're looking at it optimistically, that they are just biding their time for that moment where they build towards maybe the hardest section of games in the in the season, and that would be the hope because they want to they want to save him. There. Um, there's been some news coming out. Just forget your predictions on uh, Balogun. Um, the, the 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 reports are we can only sort of, we can't say fully that we trust the reports, but the reports are that he basically wants to be a first team striker next season. With that being unlikely at Arsenal, with Eddie and Jesus ahead of him, he wants to start next season. Um, he's second top goal scorer in in League One with 18 goals this season. Um, there's probably a good chance that we maybe sell him. Um, how do you feel about that, James, before I go to Neil? How do you feel about it? Um, do you think that's likely? Do you think that there's, there's some truth to that? Um, would you would you be comfortable with that? It's very, very tricky. Um, for me, I wouldn't like him to go until we give him a shot. I would like to give him more of a shot than to cast him away. Um, Again, it was a lot before my time, but Neil, you, 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 Jack yourself, you might be pressed better to answer this. Um, it reminds me a bit of Andy Cole. Um, he, 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 he come on. I think was it ninety one Charity Shield. As soon as he come on, he hit the, he hit the side net, didn't he, or something? That's what I recall. Mine as well, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone was talking about him, especially when we loaned him. I think he went on loan to. Oh, was it Bristol or something we loaned him out to before we sold him? And they're, even then they were talking about, oh my God, look at the goals he's got. You know, how is he not going to get... But then Arsenal Arsenal had Smith and Wright yeah. at the time. And it was just like... You're not gonna James, displace, that is a perfect analogy. You're not, you're not going to displace perfect. Smith or... Yeah, you're not going to displace perfect. Smith or Wright. And, yeah. okay, Eddie and even Jesus is not as prolific as Smith or Wright is. But you know how much the manager likes and trusts them. And I don't know if it's that Arteta does not trust Balogun. It's just that he can't, you know, he couldn't give him the, that's why he's on loan. He couldn't give him the, to, to him, he, where can I give you the games? And I look at it and I think to just cast him away without trying him, um, you know, it's, it's a tough one. But then Jack, you know, me and you all the time on WhatsApp, don't we, we talk about how, you know, we, we, we're transfer mad, we're squad development mad. Which of our players holds value? He's got to be right at the top of the tree. If you're looking at ones that you potentially are going to, you know, you're looking at the ones that are going to go and how much you're going to get for them. Next to Kieran Tierney, if not more than Kieran Tierney, because he's younger and the fact that he is in the top five, you know, he's in the top list of scorers in the European leagues. People are going to want to buy this kid. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's I, Jonathan know, David I, and Kylian Mbappe that are ahead of him. Jonathan David's going to go for about 60 million in the summer. There you go. He's older yeah. than him. Um, he doesn't have the English tax if you sign him from an English club. I think we've got to be looking at those sort of numbers. We're obviously going to get less for him because he's Arsenal, but we've got to be yeah. looking close to those sort of numbers. Yeah. I, I just, I would love to, when we, you know, head out back to your neck of the woods for pre-season, I just, I'd love to give him a go. I, I, I'd really, you know, um, 
like Neil said, we're winning the league, so we're going to play in the Community Shield. I'd like him to. I'd like him to play in the Community Shield. Yeah, just we always win that. Just, we're in it. <laughs> just you know, just try him. Just is, it would before be you cast him away, and not to give him a chance at the very least in preseason. Yeah. So my expectancy still would be we see a lot of him in the preseason games. That would be my expectancy. And if we do see a sale, it'll probably be late, late in the window. So obviously time will tell on it. But ultimately, I, I do think it's quite likely that one of Balogun or Eddie does move on. Though I'm very, really struggling to see how it would be Eddie. But just because of his wage and his new contract, and I'm not sure there'll be as big a pull for him. He's not played as much. Whilst I think he's done pretty well for us, I don't necessarily. I think there'll be far more pull for Balogun on a 32 grand a week contract than there is on Eddie on a 100 grand a week contract. They might, you know, at similar age, you know, I find it a little bit um, difficult. But again, there's the whole adage in there to think that Balogun might be the next star for the US national team, and we've got US owners. There's all of that to throw in there as well. It'll be very interesting to see where where we go for it. Ultimately, it's a good thing because we've got players now that if we do decide to sell them, there's genuinely money, genuine money like Kieran Tinney that we could get from. So if we do decide to make the sale, we can make our peace with it like we did with other signings in the past where Oxen and Wobie and people like that where we were like, we're getting good money for that player and we can use it properly. And if we do sell someone, I'd like to see a right winger come in, to be honest, to, to, to give Saka some respite. But Let's do our, our predictions. If we for... can sell him to someone that doesn't hurt us, yes, I'll be great. I'll be grateful. Yes, <laughs> I'd rather he go abroad, course. go abroad than stay within the league. That's that would yeah. be my that would be my perfect scenario. The problem you're going to have there is is just like City had with us is you're not going to get the fees probably, but you maybe but with Balogun because he's done it on the continent maybe you will. With him, you know, with him, there's going to be, like you said, Leipzig have been interested. You probably are going to get that interest from Europe. So I think I think there's a good chance there. And Balogun probably willing to, to do that, especially if his ties aren't to, you know, England national team and things like that. More likely, maybe. Neil, I don't know. Neil, Neil doesn't want him to go. <laughs> Neil, no, Neil I, I don't, don't want him to go. No, no. I think, I think we're going to, it's going to be a massive uh, mistake, I, I believe, because I think he's going to be a sensational player. Um, and that, yeah, exactly. That's what my, my thoughts with James. If we are going to get rid of him, do not, do not sell him here to, to, to one of the Prem, Prem teams because he'll bite us in the arse. Um, I, I, I really think there's something very special about him. And as much as there's so much, uh, and rightfully so, especially this season, um, kind of good regard for Eddie, I've always found, th- I personally have always thought that Balogun's the better player. Uh, that's just me. I, I, I think there's something about him, um, something very, very special about him. I, again, like where I saw what Martellini did in the uh, first time I saw him in friendlies, the stuff that I've seen Balligan play him, I think, wow, this guy is something else. But you're right, guys. The problem is, how does he assert Jesus, Martinelli, Saka, Trossard? Where does he fit in? That's the thing. And if he wants first-team football, he'll get disgruntled. He'll be there. In the in the reserves or the or the, uh, the the bench, and he'll be thinking this ain't for me. And then yeah. that, you know, it plays on people's minds. And then do they then really when they do get a chance, whether it be via a substitution or a, or a, or a different game in a different competition, are they then giving their all because they're thinking, well, I'm not first choice. Why should I care? You know, it's that mindset. But then again, playing devil's advocate, having said that, if we're in four competitions. There's a good chance he will will get a, will feature, but I just don't think he'll be featuring first team week in week out, especially for the prem, and that's what he probably wants. 
So yeah. it will be with a heavy heart. That kind of part of me agrees it might be the best for him. Oh my God, I think, James, you're right. We've got to give him a go. We have to just give him a go and see what he can do and see how he fits in now with this new setup. Because before, when he was with us, we weren't playing like this. So, you know, he might fit into this setup and, wow, he might just like, oh, my God, we, we, we can't let him go. But the only consolation is what you said, you know, with the likes of him and Tini will command some good money. But on this occasion, I don't want the money. I want him. Yeah. I want him. So Neil wants to sell Eddie. Um, <laughs> that's what he said, basically. <laughs> but the, the, the best case scenario is giving him the Eddie minutes. That's the best. I mean, even the most optimistic big fan of Balogun, the best case scenario is you give him the Eddie minutes. And those minutes weren't that great until January hit. So then you, you're in the, if he's truly like, I want to play every week, it's, it won't be realistic, probably. And then you will have to make a decision. But hopefully, at the very least, you, you chuck him in preseason, he looks fantastic. And then it creates this 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 sort of player that everyone wants. And, and that, that's not a bad thing for the club. I always say, if you've got a youngster that either goes for big money or comes through and does really well, you've done well. Um, uh, if it doesn't do either and you lose them for nothing, um, then, 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 then you've kind of failed on them. But if you get an Awobi situation or a Saka situation, they're both successes, right? Saka obviously more so, but Awobi's still a success for us, right? He came through, played about 75 to 100 games for Arsenal, sold him for 35 million. That's a, that's a successful, um, you know, a product from the academy. That's that's what you want. So, so, um, you know. All in all, it's, it's a good thing, hopefully, no matter what. But predictions, West Ham away, um, every game, the next game is always the biggest game of the season. This is massive, again, because we need a response. Um, Neil, what's your prediction and your first scorer? I think it's a Sunday game. We play after City again. Um, I think we're basically playing after City every 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 weekend at this point. But um, they don't play next weekend, though, so that's something to think about. But um, we've, got, we've got to beat West Ham first. So, Neil, what's your thoughts? Have to win. We have to win. Yeah. No draws, no losses. It's 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 a win. As what 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 we've discussed today, you know, City are relentless. We cannot lose and we cannot draw. Um, we've just got to bounce back really, really strong. Uh, having said that, I won't go with a mad score. I, I'd actually say uh, they can be tricky. They can be a tricky team, but I think we've always come out on top against West Ham generally on an overall scale. I think we'll win two 0 I think we'll win 2-0 and I, and, and, I, and I think, yeah, and I think we'll, uh, Martinelli will score. 2-0 Martinelli. Oh, I really hope so, mate. I'll, I'll take that. James, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to go for 3-1 uh, and I'm going to go, let's get Martin Odegaard a goal. Let's get, yeah. Let's, yeah. He, 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 tore, he tore him a new one, didn't he? When I mean, obviously we had no, it was straight after the World Cup and he'd been on the, you know, he didn't go, did he? But he he absolutely smashed him the bits when we played him at home, didn't he? So yeah, that was the first game yeah. back, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, their fans are wanting them to lose. So a lot of them are like, let let they want to get relegated, so their owners leave. So <laughs> if that feeds yeah. into the players, then it's yeah. crazy. Isn't it? And they, they, yeah. they it's, they've had a weird one because they obviously got smashed by Newcastle at home, but then they went to Fulham away and and, and won, which was probably not expected. Yeah, they were upset. They, they were upset. They beat Fulham. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Well, they've yeah, because they want boys. Yeah, they want boys gone, and the owners gone. So they're like, we want to lose every game. Oh, I yeah. can't believe them. I, 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 they, sit, um... I, I sit here and go to them like, I can't ever. I've never sat there and wanted Arsenal to lose anything. You can never want a team to lose yeah. a game. That's like, no, one, no, I hate. I hate the Especially owners. Hate relegated. Boys. I mean, what? Yeah. yeah. 
strange yeah. one, isn't it? They've got some good players as well. Like they're, you know, so they're a dangerous team. Let's hope they play all of their good players in midweek. Um, they'll go for that, mate, because they'll be like, Europe, well, he, he, yeah, and he's like, it can you know, it will pad over what is a terrible, terrible season. Yeah, well, no, I think they'll go for that. I think they'll go for that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go. Um, I really, I really want us to respond. I'll go two-one Arsenal, and I'll go Saka. Hopefully, he's been a little bit quiet against Liverpool. I felt, um, although I thought he started early on well when he had some key moments. The little drag back where you, I just felt he was playing on ice in the second half. Every time he got into a position, he fell on the floor. I remember at one stage, game change your studs, mate, because you had two key moments in the second half. Where you remember the one that came across and. Um, it could have gone anywhere and it went into Allison's hands from across from Mark Lely, but he lost his foot in there. And then the cross where he dragged back and went through two players and he lost his foot in there when he crossed it, tried to cross it to Trossard. And there was no one coming in because we were just, we, we were we didn't really push anyone forwards. But I'll go 2-1 and Saka. Boys, thank you so much. Sorry we're a little late this week, but it should be up um, and in enough time before Sunday's game against West Ham to, to, to tune in. Thank you. We're on at Purely Arsenal FP on Twitter. Um, and uh, just Purely Arsenal on YouTube. Look us up, Purely Arsenal Podcast. Please subscribe if you can. No adverts, none of that rubbish. And uh, we try. I did do one last week, which was my fault, but we try. We've been pretty consistent about doing one post-game podcast a week, and we'll try to keep that up through the season, hopefully into glory. Thank you, boys. Up the Arsenal. Big, big week ahead once again. And up the Leicester as well. 